0: Yes, for some question. Yes. Yeah.
1: We have a question from Doyle Nitai Prabhu and he's asking if we say that Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu are the most merciful avatars of Bhagavan, why Mahaprabhu was so strict with Haridas, For me it's a kind of scandalous that Mahaprabhu got satisfied with his suicide. And why Nityananda Prabhu got so angry with Shivananda because he was late. Please explain these two pastimes, Chodaharidas chastisement, and Nityananda Prabhu kicking Shivananda. hand.
0: So we have to understand the word and meaning of the word Leela. Pastimes. There's our divine pastimes. Just like in a, a movie. A play, a drama there has to be some um, dramatic tension right? so that the uh, in one sense, the heroic aspect can rise and be seen be in the spotlight. The heroic aspect in Leela means devotion the the connecting thread between all these pastimes is, is the spotlight will, be shi- will shine on devotion. That is what is important. Right. So, in the case of Chota Haridās, we see for not only, uh, what we call, a minor offence, really no offence at all, and that underscores the importance of this pastime. We're told that he, uh, on the plea of uh, begging rice from Mahaprabhu, he approached one lady, and um, later that Mahaprabhu expressed his displeasure that he. Uh, someone in the garb of a monk, in robes of renunciation would uh, have illicit connection with ladies. Right. So uh, when he heard that uh, as a penance that Chota Haridas had drowned himself, committed suicide. When this news was brought to Mahavaru, we we're told he s- smiled. And that has bewildered people and devotees. But we're told Mahavrabhu was happy to hear this news. So then we think, why? Because, first of all, remember, it's a pastime. So in this sense, just like in a movie, no one actually dies, <laughs> so when we see the movie and one person uh, you know, uh, leaves their body, uh, no one actually dies, they're acting, this is Leela, these are pastimes. But, and, but what we will note is who is um, qualified to play these parts. Just like in a movie, also, they have to um, cast the best actor to play a particular role. Right? There's casting and scripting. So in the casting, they say, "Who is the person who can perfectly play this part?" So when it comes to particular pastimes, it is really, uh, and to. Uh, Such a um, dramatic performance and confidential act can only be performed by a very dear and exalted devotee. So what does Mahāprabhu want to teach by this pastime? The seriousness of the offence of in the garb of Krishna consciousness exploiting others. That's the principle that is to be taken away. Particularly sensuality, and the garb of a um, spiritual person to exploit others. So, and, so, and particularly uh, to send a message to those in the renounced order of life. If we saw that there was a pinprick through which you could, uh, a loophole, so to speak. Everyone would take that loophole. So, not only is there no loophole, but the lady that was approached by Chota Haridās, we're told, she's a very old lady, so there's no question of uh, I say, the male gaze or sensuality on his part—that underscores that there's some other meaning to this pastime altogether—and he's trying to teach: do not assume the role of a spiritual teacher and then exploit those in your care, particularly women. And. Uh, Sensuality. So when he hears that Chota Haridas, understanding his role in this pastime, that he um, uh, takes his own life, he smiles, thinking, like, Oh, he did the right thing. He's sacrificed so that others can understand. Right? So it's interesting, or alluded to in this question, we say Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu, you know, Mahaprabhu, the Mahavanaya avatar, Namo Mahavanaya Krishna Prema Pradayate, Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gaur namaha He's the most merciful, magnanimous incarnation avatar, right? And we're told, somehow, miraculously, that Nityananda Prabhu is even more merciful than him. But that same Mahaprabhu, who's come to liberate all the fallen souls, as we said recently, mayam rigam doenta Ipsitaman ipsitam they There, Those who are chasing after maya, he's chasing after them, to rescue them, to rescue the fallen souls. So he is so merciful, to descend and freely distrib- distribute Krishna Prem to everyone. But we hear that Appa Siddhanta makes him angry, cannot be brought to his ear. Right? Someone who is so merciful, what does that mean? That the uh, higher aspects of spiritual culture, not to meddle there not to meddle in those higher things, to pay attention to your own class and your own lesson. And for the unqualified to meddle in the higher plane, it's, and, and the language of Śrīla Guru Mahārāj, he said, it uh, strikes the spinal cord of the proper thinking person. The higher thinks, that is intolerable to the more advanced and more developed devotees. They can tolerate so many things, but not meddling with the higher aspects <coughs> of Krishna's pastimes. And in the case of Nityananda Prabhu, we we if we want to understand that pastime, then we shall understand the reaction of Shivananda Sain that he's willing to sacrifice his family, everything, his own apparent happiness, for even the remote discomfort or displeasure of Nityananda Prabhu. (laughs) And uh, if he is kicked by Nityananda Prabhu, he considers himself so fortunate to be touched by his lotus feet. All throughout the Bhagavatam and Vedic literature in general, we hear how the devotees are aspiring for a connection with the lotus feet of the Lord. Right? And the prayers of the nagapatnis the wives of Kali, they say Yadvanchana Sri Lalana Charatapobiha man Suchitam Ritambrata, Suchiram Jitambrata. For Lifetimes, Lakshmi Devi engaged in tapasya uh, to try and get access to the holy lotus feet of Krishna. So, in so many places this is described. There, in that pastime, to the amazement of the wives of Kaliya, Krishna's, her husband, is a serpent. He has so many uh, serpentine heads. And Krishna's dancing on those heads with his holy lotus feet, and their, the kum kum from his lotus feet are decorating the heads of Kaliya And the wives of Kaliya are saying, Even Lakshmi Devi couldn't get this, and now her husband is so fortunate to get the touch of the holy lotus feet of Krishna. And Nityananda, what are you saying? Nithai Padakamala uh, Koti Chandra Shushitala as brilliant and beautiful as ten million moons and softer still. So to come in contact, we shouldn't think the lotus feet of Nityananda Prabhu are a harsh thing, (laughs) but they're the softest, sweetest, most beautiful achievement. So these are, we find in the pastimes of the Lord and His devotees, Sometimes they do something to, if he's in the case of a Dwaita Charja, um, let me say, um, um, te- treating Mahaprabhu too respectfully because he's technically senior and it makes him feel very awkward that the Supreme Personality of Godhead is treating him like a superior and behaving. Uh, like an inferior, then Advaita thinks, what could I do to get him to uh, chastise me the way he chastises those who are most dear to him? So he has some strategy, and and again, some upasiddhanta, in this case, mayavad philosophy. And that brings out the ire of Nīmāi Pandit. He starts, um, giving him a beating, and Advaita Charja is smiling. And he said, Oh, now I've got you. So that is their play. As we see in the family sometimes, the play that what to outsiders appears to be very um, objectionable is just the play of brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, wives and husbands. So. Uh, we have to uh, accommodate the concept of lila, means divine play. And uh, I'm reminded also of Śrīla Guru Mahārāj, when he mentioned the case of Judas who betrayed Jesus. And... We hear later, as Jesus is carrying His cross uh, up the mount, that Judas is uh, among the crowd on the sidelines. And they make eye contact. And then we're told Judas goes and hangs himself. And so Guru said, I was thinking, what was in that look? And then he explained, he said, when their eyes met, Jesus is saying, not that Judas is asking forgiveness, Jesus is conveying to him, please forgive me for using you this way in my times. Your name will be black for all time to come, but I've entrusted this service to you. You're very dear to me. So even the very act of betrayal That is part of these pastimes, so please forgive me for using you in this way." He's saying, with feeling such compassion, then he goes off and hangs himself. So, uh, the uh, pastimes of Mahāprabhu are mysterious. in the pastimes of Nityananda Prabhu, we're thinking also of uh, the Vyas of Chaitanya Lila, Vrindavan Das Thakur when he's talking about how merciful are Gore and Nityananda, and they've come to rescue the fallen souls. Uh, what is the song? Uh, Guru Mahārāj would have Gurudev sing on every auspicious occasion, Ayman durmati saṅśarabhītāre. And what's another line there about Nityananda, the Avadut, Mahāprabhu and the avidūt, they've come to rescue the fallen souls. So Das is so uh, such an exclusive follower and recipient of the grace of Nityananda Prabhu. And he wants to share that with everyone. But if, he thinks, but if some people are so foolish as to miss this opportunity, or to not understand really the glories of Nityananda Prabhu, he's saying, then I, I want to kick you in the face with my left foot. And Prabhu goes, oh, how can a devotee say something like that? and some accuse him of not being humble. And Śrīla Saraswatī Thakur said, no, actually, this is the grace of Das Thakur, That he's thinking, he realizes what is before him, this inconceivable, rare opportunity to get the grace of Nityananda. And if they won't take it, he's saying, by abusing them, he's opened up a new channel for the grace of the Lord. And say, how is that? We see, like sometimes you see parents and they have a little child, and they're like interacting with someone and the child like kicks somebody and then hides behind his mother. Right. And then the parents have to go, Oh, he didn't mean it. He's normally very nice. You know, please uh, forgive him. So he's saying in this context, Vrindavan das Thakur is like that naughty child. He's saying, if you don't take the grace of Nityan, gaur Nityananda, then I'm going to kick you. <laughs> and so if, he, if you're fortunate enough to be on the receiving end of the kick of Vrindavan das Thakur, then Gaur and Nityananda have to come to you and offer themselves to you and say, he's normally very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Please forgive him. They have to offer themselves to you in compensation for his misbehavior. (laughs) So it's something like that. But Mahaprabhu and his come. what are his teachings? He's saying, that, you know, there, there, I was thinking about this the other day. There's a saying, like, um, you know, do unto… Others, some people call it the golden rule. They say, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Right? Nityananda, isn't that? That's the, the so-called golden rule. right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. <laughs> but then I thought, but Mahaprabhu's teachings surpass that. Trinadupi sunichena, tororupi sahishnuna, amanina manadena, kirtaniya sadahari. Mahaprabhu says, You have to be humbler than a blade of grass, more tolerant than a tree. Willing to offer all respect and honor to others, expecting none for yourself." Not unto others at No. Offer all respect to others, expect none for yourself. Humbler than a blade of grass, more tolerant than a tree, offering all respect to others, expecting none for yourself. He's saying, then, kirtaniya sadahari, then you can… Uh, and, you know, constantly take the name of the Lord and be free uh, from all this negativity. And Śrīla Govinda Mahārāj, he, this verse was above his head where he sat on his veranda in Calcutta. And at least once a day, right, he would quote this verse. And I asked him once, I said, Mahārāj, when did you realize this? And he said, Oh, Maharaj, he said, out of desperation, nothing else works. Like, I exhausted all other possibilities. And alas took shelter of this teaching of Mahaprabhu that was there all along. And he also went on to say, and when we say, humbler than a blade of grass, more tolerant than a tree, he said, tolerating what is that which is intolerable. Because if we just think like, oh, you know, there's some things that are annoying or irritating, but I'll tolerate them. That's That's good. He's saying, no. What it really means is tolerating that which is intolerable. Somehow, diving deep into the grace, the plane of grace, and tolerating that which is just intolerable. And then, uh, and he said, offering honor to others, expecting no result. He said, offering honor to those who are not even worthy of it. Because to honor the honorable is obvious. Saying, no, to honor those who, who may not apparently even be worthy of honor or respect, respect them. And when we're told, more... Um, Humble than a blade of grass, that it's been pointed out, like if you press grass, it springs back. right? You push it, it springs back. Don't spring back when you're pushed. And I should say it's easy for me to sit here and say these things <laughs> to be in circumstances where we will embrace the teachings of Mahāprabhu. That requires some courage. Actually, spiritual life is not escapist in that sense. Really, it is courageous. And if we can embrace these teachings, then the release of all the negative things in this world, we'll get relief from release from all the negativity. And in the Rupa Goswami's description of Bhava Bhakti, one thing he mentioned is man shunyata, means the absence of ego. And Guru Mahārāj explained this in an interesting way. He's saying because how can these great devotees be like that? Because they don't want anything from this world, including the uh, opinions of the people in this world. They they're not seeking their approval or their admiration. Kana kamini pratistha. These three. What's the word? Obstacles on the spiritual path. Money, women, meaning, and the tendency to exploit women, and pratishta, self establishment or name and fame. Saraswati Thakur in his Vaishnava K song says, Vaishnavi tate And I thought, this is interesting. There's a group of philosophers, pragmatists, who say, we should concern ourselves with the opinions of those who matter. Right? Think of that. We should concern ourselves exclusively with the opinions of those who matter. And then they say, gods, goddesses, the divine, who knows? But I know you, you know me, we know other people. We should concern ourselves uh, with the opinions of those who matter." So they mean in this world. And not only that, they say, but not everyone can express their opinions uh, eloquently. So. Where do we find the most eloquent expression of people's opinions or feelings? In literature. So then, it's from great writers and authors that we will hear the voices of the many. As one writer said, Hey, Shakespeare invented the human. He means so many different archetypical humans are there. Please. That's how we come to know these different types of personalities. So, then it goes from, we should concern ourselves with the opinions of those who matter, means ultimately, and they're saying, and where will we get the best representation of that? But in literature, these great writers and thinkers. It sounds uh, uh, plausible, but they say, but these other things, these divine books, with these divine scriptures and so that we can't verify whether or not they are true, so we eliminate them from our consideration. But if you follow this line of thought, when they're saying, we should concern ourselves with the opinions of those whose matter, we end up in literature, in fiction. And as has been said, you know, art is a lie that tells the truth. If you want to tell the truth, write fiction. Fiction is that which is not verifiably true or objectively true. And, it's, and it, in that sense, it's irrelevant to the truth. But what is presented there resonates in the heart as a truth. And we embrace that. Whether or not those people are, uh, can be factually proved to have existed or said these things or did whatever is described there is irrelevant. The story either resonates in your heart or it does not. But if that be true, then why should we dismiss the divine literature, the divine stories and the divine personalities that are described there? If you've already shown it, it doesn't have to be objectively true. Why do you dismiss this saying that we can't verify whether or not it is true? But rather, if what we hear there resonates in the heart and awakens us to a deeper truth, we can embrace that. So Saraswati Thakur says, Vaishnavi Pratishtha Tatikoro Nishtha, in his opinion, concerning ourselves with the opinion of those who matters means the Vaishnavas, Sadhu, Shastra, Guru, Vaishnav, what their opinions are. And when we uh embrace this concept, then the opinions of the people in this world become irrelevant to us. So man shunyata means their their ego doesn't spring back by being insulted uh, from the people in this world, because it has nothing to do with them, actually. They're seeing things on a deeper level. Just as we hear Paramahansa Babaji Maharaj, Śrīla Gorka Śrādās Babaji, that he is thought by the people in general, they don't know how to identify Him. Just like the word, term avadut. And avadut means one who can deal with polluted things, but is not polluted. So, Babaji Maharaj, uh, he's sometimes being uh, insulted by children, We know how children can be, they're throwing things at him, calling him names. They think he's some kind of a madman. So they're throwing things, calling names. And what does he say? He says, oh, Krishna, I know it is you. You're making these children throw the things, and you're making the children say offensive things to me. It's you in the background, you're just using them to deal with me in this way. But I know how to deal with you, and I will tell your mother, Mother Yaśodā, that you're abusing me, and then she will take care of you." <laughs> so he could have gotten very angry, and thought, and chastised those children. But no, he thought, who, who's in the background of every event? There's a saying, the common saying, not a blade of grass moves without the will of God. So what to speak of more significant things? In Bhagavad-gītā, Krishna says, bhoktāraṁ tapasam sarva loka Everything's meant for my enjoyment and I'm controlling everything. And one man said to Saraswati then what is our position? And he said, you have no position. (laughs) So Krishna, I am in control of everything, and everything's meant for my enjoyment. Then we think like, we get nervous, or we feel left out, disappointed, what's in it for me? But then he says something very sweet in the next line, because then we're in anxiety. And he says, suhridam sarvabhūtānāṁ but I'm your dear most friend. Elsewhere it's also, karunik, karunika suhridam sarvadehināṁ The pure devotee, suhridam sarvabhūtānāṁ is the dear most friend of every living being. Kṛṣṇa is saying, uh, suhri- suhri- suhridam sarvabhūtānāṁ I'm your dear most friend. So then, if and he said, "Shantim gatva shantim ruchchati," knowing this, if you can know this, that who's controlling everything is your friend, your dearmost friend. Gatva mam shantim ruchchati. Knowing this about me, then you can be free from anxiety and full of peace. What is it? Morning peace, peaceful morning. <laughs> so, uh, think about it. If like when someone, if if you knew who's uh, controlling this town, they're your best friend. Then if you get in some trouble or something, you know. Oh, I know the mayor of Chiang Mai, or the governor of the province, or the king of Thailand and similar thing for any other country. So when you know the person who's controlling everything that puts you and they're, they're your good friend that puts you in a good position, that's one thing to consider. The other thing to consider is that what is happening to us at any given point in time is, is in the background of those circumstances, is it friendly or inimical to us? Is Krishna our friend or inimical? Is He an advocate on our behalf? I mentioned the other day, like the school teacher, the students are there with the books, they're studying, then at one point the teacher says, close the books. Everyone close your books. Now, flash quiz, a pop quiz." And everyone's like, "Oh," And some are thinking, our teacher is very mean. (laughs) Doesn't like us. Why would she do this? But actually that's a good teacher, a benevolent teacher, an affectionate teacher who has your best interests at heart things, close the book, now there will be a test to see if you're actually um, absorbing the lessons at hand, and if on completing that test we see things that we got wrong, that'll be most helpful to us for improvement. So in in our own self-analysis, of our lives and life circumstances, we have to be thinking like that, those pursuing devotional culture. On one level, in the Bhagavad Gita, tolerance is recommended. Matraspars Tukontia, Shitoshna Sukadukada, Agama, pāyano Nityas Tam Titi shasva Bharata. That Krishna says to Arjuna, it's like, heat and cold, happiness, distress. Like, what do we do when it's cold? We put on a sweater, we make an adjustment. If we just sit and complain, it's too cold or it's too hot, that doesn't change anything. So we make some adjustment and go on. So he's saying, the, the, these events that happen in our life, and in a sense, it's all by karmic design, preordained. The amount of suffering and enjoyment you get—you have you, Tolerate that, just tolerate it, the way you tolerate seasonal changes. But Guru Maharaj tells us the bhāgavatam dives deeper, and there. Says tatte kam pam susamikshamano bunjan evatmak kritam vrīpākaṁ That uh, anukampam kam pam means right, susamiksha. Samiksha means to analyze or examine, and susamiksha means with great detail or deep analysis. And what are we being told here? That if we say, not a blade of grass moves without the will of God, in the background of every event and every circumstance is the friendly hand of Krishna. He is not inimical to us. So, um, why did I say that? Because… Oh, yes, and also adverse circumstances. So in the Bhagavatam, there is one devotee, Queen Kunti, and she says in her prayers, Vipadakshantu Takshasvat Tatra Tatra Jagad Guru Bhavato Darshanam Yatshad Apunar bavadarshanam." She says to Krishna, When everything's going very nicely, then there is a tendency to forget you, to become self-absorbed. Saying, but when I'm put into a very difficult circumstance, at that time my necessity for remembrance is very great. So the adversity pushes us into deeper consideration a deeper level of thoughtfulness, and Krishna culture. So, she's saying, then, if that's the result, because by remembering you, then all of this suffering vanishes, so then it would be better if I was in adverse circumstances. We're generally not going to pray to be in adverse circumstances. But Queen Kūnti, that is the level of her devotion is that she's thinking, oh, whenever I'm in great difficulty, my remembrance of Krishna is uh, intensified and amplified, and then I'm free from all this anxiety. Mm. She also says, what is it? Āpa-nak-saṅśritaṁ gaurāṁ yannama tato." sadyo vimucheta yad vibeti svayam vayam She's saying, by remembering you and chanting your holy name, then uh, I am freed from fear, because fear personified is afraid of you. So, and also in the Bhagavatam, in the second canto, Sukadev's advice to Parikat Mahārāj, Facing death, Tasmad, Bharata Sarvatma, Bhagawani Ishwarohari, Shrotavyas, Kirti Tavyascha, Smar Tavyascha, cejtab, Chet Abhayam means fearfulness, worry, anxiety. saying the uh, solution to these things is Shrotavyas, Kirti Smart just changed his to hear about you, to glorify you, and to remember you. <clears throat> yes. Other question?
1: We have a question from Madhavilata Didi from Holland. And pretty similar question. Yeah. To Chinese devotees. Uh-huh. How to break your family karma?
0: Guru Maharaj likes to tell us, uh, you know, he he quotes this old saying, Maxim, oil your own machine. Also, uh, he said, one scholar said, the message of Bhagavad Gita is cure thyself. See, Again, in the words of Guru Mahārāj, as long as you're casting blame upon others, other people, your situation, the environment, then you're in a state of denial. He said, then you're going to be in this world for a long time. He said, but as soon as you realize, I alone am the culprit, Whatever blame there is, I should put inward. That's taking responsibility for the karmic situation that you're in. We've generated these karmic circumstances. It's easy to blame other people, but actually we're responsible for the situation that we're in. And the sooner we realize that, accept that and acknowledge it, then we can become free from that. So Guru Mahārāj said, when you accept the responsibility for your karmic circumstances, and I have have nothing to blame on anyone else, only myself, he said, oh, then your days here are numbered, there are few. So there's individual karma, collective karma. You cannot, as, as we see in the world situation right now, Right. So there's three types of miseries: adiyatmic, Adi devik Self-induced miseries, miseries from other living beings, including viruses, and so-called acts of God. You know, hurricane, tsunami, earthquake, like things that are beyond our control. What can you do about that? You cannot do anything about it. Only if you concentrate on self-improvement right? and acknowledging, these circumstances I am in, I am responsible for them. Manu, and the Manu-saṅgita says, tamasā bahurūpenā karma karmahetunā. He said, you see all these living beings, including ourselves, they are dressed in their karma, the body is karmic dress. It's very interesting. That's what it's. Saying. It's a karmic dress of the soul. The body is the biological expression of the soul's delusion. The swarup, on the other hand, is the uh, devotional form uh, of the spirit soul. But the body is the biological expression of the soul's delusion. We're all dressed in our… We're wearing our karmic dress at present. And we are responsible for that. So, um, only by surrender can we cancel our… Karmic destiny. Sarvadharmaam parichajamamamekam sharanam raja. Krishna tells Arjuna in the Gita. If you surrender me, but he's saying, but what about I have other responsibilities? He's saying, ahang sarva sarvapapevyo. If there's any fault, I will absorb that. Right? Ahang tong sarva papavyo moksha ishami masuchaha. Don't worry, you surrender to me and I will take care of everything else. That is faith, the culture of faith. Shraddha, Shabdevish Vasako, in this joy. Krishna Bhakti Koyle Sarvakama hoy. The belief that by doing this one thing everything is achieved. There's one solution, like, you know, uh, yasmin Vigyate sarvaṁ Vigyatam bhavati —know that one thing, knowing which everything is known. yasmin sarvaṁ praptam, yasmin praptam bhavati —acquire that one thing upon getting which everything is got. So we think, that sounds very good. Is there any uh, reference point that this can possibly be true? The bhāgavatam, yata-taror mula-niṣe-canena bhujo prano praharac cha yate saying, just when you pour water on the root on the trunk of a tree. The roots are beneath. Right? You pour water on the roots, they go up the trunk, out the branches, to the twigs, all the leaves. So it shows, you can put all your energy in one place, and it serves everything. With food, we put food in the stomach, and then it nourishes the entire body. So you only put it in one place. And the feet benefit, the hands benefit, the eyes benefit, the nose benefit. By just putting it in the one place, we're being told, put your ener- dedicate yourself and put your energy, your focus in one place, and the service of Krishna as devotees, and then everything, all obligations are met. And belief in the possibility that this is true is the culture of faith. Anything else?
1: Question from Gupta Govartan. Yeah. So does the Lord love everyone equally or he favors devotees more?
0: Sangmoham <laughs> <laughs> priya. Krishna says that he loves everyone equally, but I'm not sure he's telling the truth. (laughs) Because he cannot uh, conceal his bias towards his devotees. But if we take it, that everyone is ultimately a devotee, then it's true. (laughs) But even within those devotees, there are gradation. So, no one, Krishna doesn't, no one, Krishna loves more than Radharani, his beloved. But so many expansions, extensions from her, he loves them all. <laughs> it's like sometimes they ask a mother who has many children, like, "Which one do you love the most?" Oh, I love all my children equally. But there might be one who's like little extra special, <laughs> but she won't say. <laughs> it's natural. There's no fault there. So Krishna. His official position <laughs> is that he loves everyone equally, right. but that means in their devotional aspect, when they're reciprocating that love and affection, and this is a wonderful thing. Rupa Goswami tells us, "Shri Krishna Karshini Chasa," that love, which is the finest uh, product of the heart the fruit of the heart, love. Saying and that means Krishna consciousness, love and affection. It's such a powerful and irresistible substance that Krishna is conquered by it. His name is Ajita. Ajita Krishna means Krishna who cannot be conquered, but we're told ye prayaso jita jitovies to Krishna, who is unconquerable, is conquered by love. So, even a drop of this divine love in the heart of a tiny finite soul is enough to capture the infinite. He cannot resist that. But if he finds it irresistible, then what to speak of those who, you know, Radha, Rasa, you have like an ocean. Of prema. like in the case of Pundarik Vidyanidhi, who's in Krishnaliya, Radharani's father, and Goralila comes as Pundarik Vidyanidhi, this great devotee. And when Mahaprabhu meets him, because Vidyanidhi means ocean of knowledge, right? And when Mahaprabhu sees him, he says, No, he is not Vidyanidhi, he is Premanidhi an ocean of love. <laughs> that, like, in this, we would think ocean of knowledge would be a great compliment, <laughs> normally. See, not in his case. What's in his heart? Premaniti. He's an ocean of divine love. Now that I've seen him, my life is perfect. So, if we accept this principle that Krishna's is reciprocating, the love and affection. Right? What does it say in the Gita? Jayatamam Prapadnte tongues the Tabajamyaham. He says, "As you surrender to me, I surrender to you." Because someone may not like to hear, like, we should all surrender ourselves as servants to Krishna. Right? We fancy ourselves like executive assistant. <laughs> Servant—that sounds like such an antiquated word—but Guru Maharaj would make ratchet it up even more, and saying not so, slaves of Krishna. We go, <gasps> <you know. laughs> but what we have to consider is both parts of the equation. So what Krishna is saying is, if you become a slave to me, then I become a slave to you. If you're holding back, then I'm holding back. But if you offer yourself to me fully, then I will give myself to you fully. But think about it, that's not fair, because we are finite. So the finite offers themselves maximum, at max, they are finite. So even offering themselves fully, still finite. But Krishna is so charmed that in the heart of a tiny, finite soul there could be love and affection for Him. He gives himself fully. Think the infinite is giving himself to the finite to reciprocate. there. you gave everything; I'm given everything. My everything happens to be in greater magnitude. Sun ray and the sun. Sun they're similar. Same, same, but different. The, what's the difference? Magnitude. Think of it—one sunray and the magnitude of the sun. Think of the beauty of Krishna—that's something reflected in the finite, with sunlight magnitude of beauty, love, charm, sweetness, affection—and who's ca- capable of prati angalage kande prati angamur, capable of reciprocating every atom of every heart's hankering. And simultaneously, right. that is Krishna. So in Gita, he's saying, As you surrendered me, I respond. But in the Bhagavatam, he's saying, But there, it always goes deeper. Guru is saying, Eho eh bāhya Age ār. That's good, go deeper, dive deep into reality what's in the Bhagavatam, He says, you know, sometimes someone comes to me for mukti or liberation, or excuse me, they come to me for devotion, but I know that they really want something else. Because I'm in the heart, I know what they really want. I give them mukti or liberation and they go away. And he said, and sometimes, someone who's a devotee, really in their heart, their devotee, They come and ask me for some mundane thing, and I don't give it to them. (laughs) Because I know what they really want is devotion, love, and affection. So it says uh, mukti-dadhati Yeah, mukti didati karhacat. Smāna bhakti-yoga. Oh, smāna bhakti-yoga. So liberation, mukti, I give easily, but not devotion. Why? Because when you have devotion, I'm yours, I belong to you. The infinite has come under the control of the finite. That's almost a frightening thought. The infinite under the control of the finite. Who can be entrusted that? Someone who is wholly one in interest with the infinite. But then it goes further, we go further in the Gita. When Krishna's with the Braja Gopis, and just think, their posing is as what said once, half-civilized, silly jungle girls, but they're the most exalted souls. And when Krishna's in their presence, and the kind of love and affection that comes from their hearts to him, he's saying, You made me break my promise. I said, the way people surrender to me, I'll reciprocate that. But <clears throat> what is in your heart is so pure, <clears throat> so beautiful, so enchanting. I can't. You're going to make me break my promise. All I can do, and it's the original uh, case of virtue is its own reward. But, Srila Guru Maharaj, ever the advocate of Krishna, said in Rupa Goswami's Chaitanya Stikam, we can extract from there. What is the one? Uh, Sureshanam Durgam Gati Ati Shayano Panishadam Muninam Svarasam Pranatapatalinam Madhurima Vinir Yasha Premno Nikila Pashupalam Bhujadrasam. So punar saying what is so you know uh, rarely uh, achieved by the gods and goddesses, the demigods, beyond the uh, what is given in the Upanishads. It goes ratcheting it up and up, not me saying the ultimate spiritual substance and method of love and affection for worshiping Krishna, Aradana, aradina arādhya bhāgavān tad These Prajagopis, what's in their heart, I'll become their canvasser. So he's saying, I can't reciprocate what you have, but what I can do is I can go tell the whole world about it. I can descend into this world and tell them how great you are. your, your, Uh, without comparison, you braja-gopis." So, then it appears Krishna does have favorites. (laughs) So, he comes in this world to tell everyone how great is the Krishna consciousness and the love of the devotion of the braja-gopis, and particularly whom among them? The leader, the supreme leader of the braja-gopis, Śrīmatī Rajarani. Jari gorn hoyte tabi ki hoyte kemoni daritam dehe radhar mahima prema rasasima jagat janat ke to tell the world to broadcast to the world how great is the love in her heart which is otherwise known as Krishna consciousness prema rasasima experience the limits of that divine love and. Nityananda Prabhu, whether by kick or otherwise, <laughs> he wants to bring everyone to Gauranga. And Gauranga wants to bring everyone to Radhan Govinda. So it's like a tag team. <laughs> They're working together. Mahaprabhu told Nityananda, go to Bengal and tell everyone about Krishna. Nityananda, yes, sir. And he goes to Bengal and goes, bhaja gauranga kaho gauranga laho gauranga na. Worship gauranga. I'm falling at your feet, begging you, worship gauranga. Why? Nithai, why? yatha yatha gaurapadara vinde vinde bhaktim Kritapunyarasi. Because he knows, at the lotus feet of gauranga Mahaprabhu, there you'll get everything. gauraleela is the entrance to Krishna leela. Every atom of Navadeep is capable of giving Vrindavan in full. The Namsan Kirtan of Mahaprabhu is the leela and distribution mode. So Nityananda knows. Just bring everyone to the lotus feet of Gauranga Mahaprabhu. Take the name of Mahaprabhu, and then you'll get everything. You'll get Vrindavan, Radhan Krishna, and their divine pastimes. So he knows. Just he's fall, we're telling he's going door to door, falling at their feet, begging. Once I was giving a talk in South Africa, and there's a group of people, and I said, and all you have to do is say, I want it! Mm -hmm. And there was some little boy in the back of the audience, when I said that, he goes, I want it! Mm -hmm. (laughs) A fortunate soul. So, um, that's at the heart of all of this, beginning, middle, and end. Remember, everything has to be seen uh, systematically, thematically. So, whatever, whatever you might have seen in the beginning, chota, haridas nityanam, it's all to bring everyone to this point in various ways. You know, to bring everyone to the lotus feet of Gauranga Mahaprabhu, and give them entrance into Vrindavan tatā tu hridya sarputi So, And those who have sufficient brain substance, refined theistic intellect, they'll hear this and understand the opportunity that is before them, and ignore all the noise of the world and the people in the world. sumedasa Sukritivan, and what will happen as a consequence? Subconscious, automatically, subconsciously, deep within the deep heart's core, the Radha Rasa Shudhanidhi, the ocean of the nectarine service of the holy lotus feet of Srimati Radharani. They'll enter that current and spring out of the soil of Vrindavan. In the pastimes of Radhan Krishna, the, in the domain of divine love and affection. Hare Krishna. Hare namah. Hare Nama Krishna Yadavaya Namaha. Hare. The terrors of the Sri Sri Sundar Govinda Dev Goshami Maharaj Ki Jai Omishnupad Sulabhakti Shri Rakak Shridhar Dev Maharaj Ki Jai Bhagawan Sulabhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Takur Ki Jai Jaya Saparikar Sri Sri Guru Guranga go Gandharva Govinda Sundar Jiu Ki Jai Chi Giriraj Govardhan Ki Jai Sri Rupanuga Guru Varga Ki Jai Nama Charja Śrīla Haridās Takur Ki Jai Sri Krishna Chaitan, the Prabhu Nitananda Sri Adwaita Gadadhar Shivasadi go, Bhaktiviniki Jai. Sri Sri Radha Krishna Gopa Govinda Shamakunda Radha Kunda Girigo Vrindavan Dham Ki Jai. Navadip Dham Ki Jai. jai. Sri Chaitanya Sarasvatmat Mat Ki Jai. Ganga Devi Jumuna Devi Bhakti Devi Tosi Devi Ki Jai. Om Vishnupad Vishpa Viṣpa-vareṇya Sri Lesi Bhaktivitanda Shami Prabhupad Ki Jai. Sri Chaitanya Sour Swat Mada Charger Brindiki Dai, Jai Shil Bhakti Vilavadu, Maharaj Ki Dai, seva Brindiki Dai, Soma Veda Bhakti Brindiki Dai, Nitai Go Premanande, oh.
1: Shil <coughs> Bhakti Sukhir Goswami Maharaj Ki Krishna, Maharaj yes. From Damodar Priya Prabhu, Priya Madhu Gopal Prabhu, Parmananda Prabhu, Sukhum Abhazia, Tarulata, Purnima. Hundi, um, Arthur Villa, Dhanan mm, so. Prabhu, Dandavats from Siberia. Madhava Priyadidi, Jai Dandavats, all devotees from Spain. Mm-hmm. Suresh Krishna Prabhu, Latvia, Dandavats mm. to Srila Goswami Maharaj and all the devotees. Mm. Vijay Krishna Prabhu, Green mm. Street, SCS, mm. Mount London. Uh, <coughs> Dandavat Maharaj and all devotees. Madhavi Didi, Turin, Italy. Haribul dandavas to the devotees from Italy. Dandavas from Italy to the devotees in whichever country they reside. Happy to hear Maharaj. <laughs> Sahadevi Jones, Hare all Krishna. glories to you Maharaj and the dear devotees. Tanan Jai Prabhu, Jaya Srila Goswami Maharaj, Jaya Gupta Govartam Bhakta Vrinda.
0: May I to today. <laughs> and wish everyone a Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> and we th- what would Sulakshana tell the name of that monster, Nyan? Oh, he's a demon. Demon, right. why wow, we get together. Right, we're so we have to get together, have red lantern, red <laughs> clothes, and firecrackers to scare, to scare the demon away. away. But we scare him away with kirtan, by chanting Hare Krishna.
1: Yeah, we are today.
0: Yes. That's how we'll scare the monster away. Let me give this to her. The lady who just came. Her, 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 her.